Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There is a lot going on. Bottom of the hour is going to be a, a young intern from campusreform.org. Make sure you stick around for that. We've got that going on for you. Plus, I want to get into Mitt Romney. and, and just To me, he's a confusing individual. And this time he's chiming in about gay marriage, which doesn't make any sense to me either. I'm not, I, don't, I don't understand where he's coming from most of the time. I used to think I had, okay, he changed his mind on abortion. Okay, he's, he's a guy, he had Romney care, but it wasn't really Obamacare. All right, he's running for president. I think he would be better than Obama. But then he's just made this weird turn since. We'll talk about that in a second on your Thursday. Feeling all right. You know what I'm saying, Carrie? I do. Polo getting it done. Sam in the house. Seems I got to have a change in scene. That's right. Because every night I have the strangest dreams. Imprisoned by the way things used to be. I asked them once why they didn't play this in concert. They didn't do this in concert. And what did Mel Mark and Don say? Don said it just didn't sound right. That simple. Interesting. Thursday, almost Friday, the weekend's almost here. Let's go. All right, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by Thursday, almost Friday. The weekend's almost here. We do appreciate you. Mitt Romney's always been a quandary to me because Mitt Romney, you know, a good-looking dude. You got that great hair. I wish I had that hair. Got that great hair going. Um, I remember when he ran for governor of Massachusetts. I was a TV news anchor in um, in Albany. And we we actually served Pittsfield, Massachusetts, saw our signal. We were the CBS affiliate for them as well. So there was some Massachusetts influence there as well. And I remember back in the day, he did a he did a campaign ad where he didn't have a shirt on. I guess he was very happy with how he looked, and it was in pretty good shape. But he's like chopping wood or something without a shirt on, Carrie. It, it, would that make you vote for a guy? Um, no, it would not. I just it found it interesting. Have to do about what he would do, you know. No clue. If you're a Michael no idea. Grisman or something. Else. Right. Okay. All right. I'm with you. So here's a guy who ran successfully, became the governor of of, uh, of Massachusetts. Then he said that uh, he was pro life. Or I'm sorry, he was pro-choice, but had some sort of a revelation, an epiphany, if you will, and he decided he's now pro-life. He changed his mind. You know, the other side tried to call him a flip-flop or whatever. It didn't really stick because people were happy that he was, you know, this guy who was a Mormon and therefore steeped in his religion, and his religious beliefs would be, of course, you don't kill the unborn child. So that that was interesting. Then he was in the fray when it came to Obamacare. Because he had something called Romney Care in Massachusetts, which actually was constitutional, but Obamacare certainly is not constitutional. I don't care what John Roberts says. Healthcare is not mentioned in the Constitution. Therefore, it's a states' rights issue. So if the states, via the Tenth Amendment, decide they want to do Romney Care or Massachusetts Care or Texas Care or whatever, or California Care, they can. It is not a federal thing. There's no federal purview to force people to go and buy health insurance. Um, which is what Obama ended up doing by paying off Nebraska, paying off Louisiana, and by lying to, to Bart Stupak in Michigan. 
So Romney's always been kind of a quandary to me because he, he seems to change his mind a lot. And then he was uh, happy to take President Trump's money before he was President Trump, Donald Trump's money, uh, to help him in the, in the 2012 campaign. And then when Trump was running in 16, Romney did this like long reasons why you shouldn't be voting for Trump. And then when Trump won, Romney meets with him over dinner, probably because he wanted to be the Secretary of State. Didn't end up happening. Uh, but Romney wanted to become the senator in Utah. Trump helped him with that, got him elected in Utah. Then Romney turned on him again and, in fact, voted to impeach him. So I'm confused by who this guy is. But I never thought that we we would have some sort of a division in thought process when it comes to gay marriage. Here's a religious guy who's anti-abortion, pro-life. One would think that he would be for the traditional sense of what marriage is. But for some reason, he had to be heard. And then you see this guy like walking with BLM. Which I, well, why are you walking with Black Lives Matter? I don't understand what that is. This is a scam organization that has made millions of dollars for the founders that is basically, um, through some sort of fraud, um, making companies give them millions of dollars for whatever programs they want them to go buy mansions. He's walking down the street with, with, with BLM. So, Kerry, if you don't mind, it, I don't know why this guy decided it was time to talk about, about gay marriage, about Clarence Thomas, or as um, Kareem Jean-Pierre would call him, Judge Thompson, um, what did what did Romney have to say? From Yahoo News, Senator Mitt Romney on Wednesday dismissed Justice Clarence Thomas's opinion last month that called for the Supreme Court to reconsider its 2015 landmark same-sex marriage ruling. He's opened a lot of doors that no other justices walk through, the U- Utah Republican told reporter Matt Laszlo after being asked about Thomas. Insider also asked Romney what he made of the fact that all four of Utah's Republican House members voted for the Respect for Marriage Act on Tuesday, along with 43 other House Republicans. They obviously reviewed it and felt it was the right thing to do, he replied. Thomas, in response to the Supreme Court's June 24th decision overturning Roe v. Wade, wrote a concurring opinion that called for the court to reconsider other rulings, such as same-sex marriage that involve privacy rights under the 14th Amendment. And for that reason, in future cases, we should consider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergefell. Thomas wrote, referring to rulings concerning contraception access, same-sex relationships, and same-sex marriage. At the court's reversal of federal abortion rights, along with Thomas's opinion, sparked widespread concerns among congressional Democrats that other rights, including same-sex marriage, might be at risk in the future. Romney's comments on Wednesday come as the Senate's considering taking up the same-sex marriage legislation. The Republican senator said he has not given thought to the bill yet because same-sex marriage is still currently legal nationwide. Very strange. He's trying to straddle some strange line here. And I'm not really sure why. Um, somebody came at me on Twitter today, wanted to, well, what are your feelings on Dave Rubin being married to a man and adopting children? I like Dave Rubin. He's been on the show a couple of times. I met him personally at Mar-a-Lago for the 2000 Mules uh, premiere. I, I don't know if his husband was there. I don't know. They, I think they're married. I, I'm not sure, but I'm not, I don't know if his husband was there. If he was, I, I wasn't introduced to him as Dave Rubin's husband. Um, like Dave, we'll have Dave back on the show. I'm against gay marriage. And, and I'm not afraid to say that. Um, I'll say it to Dave, and he and I can disagree. I'm against gay marriage because marriage has a definition. Traditionally, historically, um, dictionary definition, and also religiously. It is the marriage of a man and a woman to create a family, perpetuate the, the population, and that is the basis of the nuclear family in this country. I'm against gay marriage. I'm for any sort of contract you want to make. You want to call it a civil union? 
You want to call it two guys or two gals, um, sign a contract, call it whatever you want. But the idea that marriage had to be changed to make everybody feel as though they fit into the tent, it wasn't meant for you to fit in the t- into the tent. Um, and if you want to take it to a constitutional level, of course, marriage isn't mentioned in the Constitution, just like abortion isn't mentioned in the Constitution. They never should have been litigated on a federal level. This should fall into the guise of federalism. People get confused by that. Federalism means that you've got more power in the states, and the states have more rights than the central government has in Washington, D.C. or New York back in the day, whatever it happened to be. So marriage, to me, is between a man and a woman. Now, if individual states want to say marriage can be between any two individuals that that want to get married, they can make that ruling. I'll be against it, but they have that right on a state level. That we ever use the 14th Amendment, which was one of the three amendments that abolished slavery and ensured slaves' rights, that, that's crazy to me. It had nothing to do with abortion. It had nothing to do with, with gay marriage. It had nothing to do with even illegal immigration, where people are, in fact, citizens of this country if the woman comes across the, the border and drops the kid at some hospital. Then they're a citizen. That's the way it's interpreted because that's what it says. I think we should shore up the 14th Amendment and stop making this this blanket cover for everything under the sun. So let me say it again. I'm against gay marriage because I know what marriage is. It's traditionally, it's religiously, it's historically, it has a definition that is a joining um, through matrimony of a man and a woman for the, for the, the, the hope of continuing the population, and for the hope of creating a family. If you want to be two men or two women who want to have that contract, that joining, that same relationship, make it legal, call it whatever you want to call it. The fact that we have to call it marriage is what's interesting to me and doesn't make sense. doesn't make me dislike people who are gay. I like Dave Rubin a lot. I hope he'll come back on the show. I, I consider him a friend. But I am not for the federal government this is secondarily. First, I give you my opinion on what I think about marriage in and of itself. And secondarily, it's not in the Constitution. So why it was ever in the Supreme Court doesn't make sense. It should have been launched out of the Supreme Court, and they should have said, hey, this is a state's issue. We shouldn't be ruling. Hey, abortion is a state's issue. We shouldn't be ruling. I don't see it in the Constitution anywhere. Therefore, we should not be making a decision about this. So your thoughts about Mitt Romney not being able to very clearly, like I just did, enunciate why, as a religious guy, as somebody who clearly believes in, in, you know, husband and wife and children, he's got a bunch of them. Well, he's got one wife, but he's got a bunch of children. Um, why he, he would not be firm in saying, here's where I am on it. But he did suggest that Clarence Thomas shouldn't have gone there, which is so weird. Now, of course, he wasn't as dumb in what he had to say as Whoopi Goldberg was when she talked about Clarence Thomas. You, you heard this, right, Carrie, where Whoopi Goldberg says Clarence Thomas it. is now going to be, he's now going to be taking a look at, at interracial marriage, looking look at, to get rid of that. Yeah. yeah. He's married to a white woman, whiter than you. So, I mean, I'm, I'm confused by what the hell she's talking about. So at least he's not that stupid. But I don't know why he wouldn't take a stand, dig his, his heels in and say, listen, this is what I believe about marriage. Or he can say, I believe in gay marriage and here's why. But instead, he's like, ah, right now it's legal, we're not going to think about it yet. And I don't know why, what was it, 40-something Republicans or something 40-something. voted? I mean, what are we talking about? They voted to say, yes, we're going to protect 
marriage as it's defined today, that's all very strange. You would not get one Democrat to vote with Republicans on something that, that said marriage is between a man and a woman. Not one, but 40-some-odd Republicans want to get along with the Democrats, which is very odd. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. I appreciate you stopping by Flip Flop and Romney. Let's see how the wind's blowing. That's what I'm going to think about. We do have to do some sort of reform or redefinition of the 14th Amendment, though. It's being misused. We've got to also get back to utilizing the 10th Amendment. If we don't fix the interpretation of the 14th Amendment, the 10th Amendment means nothing anymore. It really does undo the 10th Amendment if everything's going to fly under the guise of, well, equal justice under the law, equal coverage under the law, a due process under the law. I want that. But individual states have the right to make their own decisions. Why has anybody ever used the 14th Amendment to defend our Second Amendment rights? If it's due process, equal justice, the whole thing under the law, why can California or some municipality in California have stricter gun laws than we have in Texas or Florida? Why is that okay? You can do anything you want with an actual right given to you by God, protected by the Constitution. Do anything you want with that one, the Second Amendment. But you can't say... I'm going to define marriage how I want in my state, which isn't covered in the Constitution. It's all very strange. So your thoughts about that? 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. We'll have something on the uh, the hypocrite LeBron James in a second. First, got to tell you about Eden Pure. Eden Pure has uh, these air purifiers. They are called Thunderstorm because it smells like a thunderstorm just rolled through and left fresh, clean air uh, behind. It, you, you can. It really does smell like you just had a thunderstorm. You, you know that really... Sort of the must is gone. It's fresh. It's clean. You can breathe a little bit better. Humidity, it leaves pretty quickly. Well, listen, these air fresheners use oxy technology. Over 265,000 of them have been sold. You need to get on this. Any odor is going to disappear when you use the thunderstorm. Odors from litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, and more are no match. And best of all, no filters to buy. You're saving money there. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for the whole home. You're going to get three units under 200 bucks. That's a fraction of the cost compared to other uh, air purifiers. You can go for as much as $600. Put one in your basement, your bedroom, your family room, kitchen, anywhere else you need clean, fresh air. Get this deal right now, EdenPureDeals.com. Put in discount code PAGS3 and save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code PAGS3. And shipping is also free. All right. I, we got to talk a little bit about LeBron James. LeBron James is the biggest hypocrite. We've got a major sports. The guy's like a billionaire. And, and listen, he's got God-given talent. I get that. I understand that. But um, at the end of the day, he's calling out people in this country constantly, yet his, he's mum when it comes to what's going on in China. Carrie, what do you have for me? From Fox News, Nike, the NBA, and star player LeBron James have remained silent on China's increasing hostility toward the LGBTQ community. Most recently, when one of the country's most prestigious universities cracked down on students displaying LGBTQ flags. 
Fox News reached out to Nike, the NBA, and Upland Workshop, an advisory company founded and led by James's spokesman and advisor Adam Mendelson for comment on the crackdown but did not receive a response. The silence comes after two students at China's university were reprimanded for distributing LGBTQ rainbow flags, according to a report in Bloomberg. The students were given official warnings and were prohibited from receiving scholarships and awards for six months, with a school warning that further violations could result in the students facing more serious penalties, such as losing eligibility for civil service and state-owned enterprise jobs. News of the punishment for the students went viral on Chinese social media, but the posts were quickly deleted on China's tightly controlled Internet. The incident was just the latest in China's apparent crackdown on the gay community in the country. So China has rounded up um, these Uyghurs who are Muslims. They're doing all sorts of things with them. We don't even know what they're doing. They're in concentration camps. There, there are no human rights whatsoever for these people. Now China cracks down even more on, on the gay lesbian people there. And if you want to post about it, that's taken down. They've got no ability to communicate. They've got no human rights uh, if they are, in fact, um, other than what the government wants them to be. And LeBron James will attack in a heartbeat, in the, in, the, in, in, the, in the drop of a hat, he will attack a police officer that saved lives in, in Ohio, call him out by name, show his picture, and say, you're next. But when China treats millions of people in their country like garbage, a country that LeBron James will get on a plane tonight if the leaders of China ask him to and go and play basketball tomorrow, he says nothing. He says nothing. Which is, I guess, I shouldn't be surprised because he's not very smart. I get that. But listen, he's already worth so much money. And the relationship with China is certainly worth a lot of revenue to the NBA. But the NBA, the National Basketball Association, maybe should focus on the nation that makes it the National Basketball Association and distance itself from people that are violating human rights. Distance themselves from people that, that are dictators over their people that will disappear you if you speak out against the government, that will alter your internet if you're getting information they don't want you to get. And you might think to you, well, LeBron James is not a big deal. He's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not a big deal. Who cares, Pags? Why are you talking? Well, I'll tell you why I care. He has a lot of influence over young people. He has a lot of influence over those who would like to become basketball or football or, or baseball, soccer players professionally, maybe in high school, maybe in college. He has a lot of sway. What he says and does, does matter. And for him and the ownership of the NBA and the, and the front office of the NBA to constantly give a pass to China, to constantly give a pass to a country that treats whoever they want to treat like crap, like crap, just because it means money to you, it's pretty disgusting. It is. It puts me in a mindset that says LeBron James really doesn't care about equality, doesn't care about equal treatment, doesn't care about social justice. He cares about roaming around in the circles that make him look like he's this woke guy when in reality it's about his his money-making ability and it's about his bank account. Now look out for my money, you look out for yours. We all work hard for it, I get that. And LeBron James has earned the money that he has. But I've had people who ad- want to advertise on my show, which is nothing compared to what China does to human beings that I've said no to because it didn't fit my mold. I've turned money away. There are advertisers on other shows like mine that you'll hear that I've said no to because I'm not going to sell out just to sell out. I will let somebody sponsor my show or advertise for somebody if I believe in the product, if I believe in the service, if I believe in the thing, whatever it is that they're selling. 
LeBron James just seems to care about the greenbacks, and so does the NBA. And China continues to get a pass when it's one of the worst countries on the planet when it comes to human rights. We come back, campus reform. Keep it right here on the Joe Pags Show. Joe Pags. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have another young, um, re- I was going to say reporter, but you're not. You're an editorial intern, uh, but you're a college graduate, so that's awesome. It's um, Ali Simon from CampusReform.org. Ali, how are you? Good to see you. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. What the heck is an editorial intern? So so you actually get to write editorials, and then what, what, what is the intern? How does that work? Fill me in. So I am interning here at Campus Reform in Arlington, Virginia, and I get to do pretty much a lot of the stuff that the editors and reporters get to do as well. I get to attend the 8 a.m. pitch meetings every single day, uh, pitch my own stories, and if they get approved, I get to write on them. I've also been very grateful to have the opportunity to appear in media hits like I'm doing with you right now. Um, And also, I have gotten the opportunity to be on uh, national TV on some local channels, too. Nice. Uh, So I get to learn how to write and pitch and research and everything. It's been amazing. I can never be an editorial intern for one simple reason. I'm sleeping at 8 a.m. I'm not up at 8 a.m. while you do that. So, uh, well, good. I'm glad that you're getting all sort of the the benefits and the exposure that you should be getting. Everybody go to campusreform.org every day. Find out what these great young journalists and editorial interns are doing and uh, exposing some of the nuttiness that's going on on campus. You're a college graduate. When did you graduate? I actually graduated early in March of this year. I only attended two and a half years of college. And you're smart, too, then. All right, so that's excellent. Uh, uh, UCAL San Diego, UCSD. um, We know UCLA. We know UC Berkeley. Is UCSD just as far left or not? 100%, yes. Uh, It is very liberal there. Growing up as a conservative at a very liberal school was very challenging. I actually was a closeted conservative until this year. So it took me, you know, 21 years of my life to stand up for what I believe in because it was just so hard being surrounded by liberals left and right everywhere you look. Are you from San Diego? I'm actually from the Bay Area, so okay. Northern California. Well, then yeah, that's a very liberal area too. So why are you conservative? What, what was the, the sea change for you or did you grow up in a conservative family and it made sense to you? So my entire extended family is actually pretty left-leaning, but my parents are conservative. Uh, For me, though, it was very important to critically think for myself, and I kind of just sought out the truth, and I was led to the conservative movement. You know, I looked at all the liberal lunacy that is going on, and I, you know, I really thought for myself and and came to the right side. And it's, you know, it's really, you know, you think for yourself on the right, and it's a lot better. What I find with um, the young reporters and, and interns like you at Campus Reform is if you are able to have a one-on-one with a friend or a classmate or a peer, um, they'll listen and they'll learn and they'll understand, okay, maybe I have been indoctrinated, maybe I have been getting bad information. But it's groupthink on campuses like this. So how do you get through there? Do you even try? You know, to be honest, I pretended to be a liberal my entire college career. <laughs> and it was pretty easy, quite frankly, to, you know, have those surface level opinions. You just add the word racism in all of your assignments right. and it's a guaranteed day. So, I mean, you, you almost have to play the game, don't you? Because the, the professors, I think it's 12 to 1 liberal to conservative. It might even be worse than that. Um, they want you to repeat back to them the indoctrination that they gave you. So even just playing along, if you want to get a good grade, you want to graduate early like you did, that probably is less rocking of the boat. 
Definitely. I every single assignment I did had some sort of liberal spin on it. You know, I was too I honestly was too scared to express my own beliefs, which is very sad because I didn't want to get a bad grade and I didn't want to be hated, but it's just unfortunate that the the leftist academics are really taking over higher education. So let me ask you this. After you get the the um the diploma, after you get your degree, do you jump up and down and say, I'm a conservative, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you had to feel pretty satisfied that you've accomplished this and you did it so fast, but you said you were closeted until, so you are out now and people know that you're conservative. Correct, yeah. It's actually a little interesting. A lot of my friends back home in California don't know the entire extent of my values just because I just I don't want them to hate me. I don't want to lose my friends. It's very unfortunate. But, you know, here I am on your show and I'm expressing what I believe. And hopefully they'll all see this. It is uh, Ali Simon. Is there a social media site that you want to direct people to? Um, yeah, you could follow me on Instagram at Ali Simon 10 and Twitter at Ali Simon 28. Sounds good. Uh, we appreciate having Ali on. Now, you've got your BS, your Bachelor's of Science in uh, Psychology. Are you psychoanalyzing me? And do you, do you go through your day every day thinking to yourself, let me figure out who this person is. Does it work that way or not? <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. A lot of my other intern friends here always ask me to psychoanalyze them. And, <laughs> you know, I think I do a little bit to an extent, uh, try and just see what's going on in people's minds. But I've always been fascinated by the human mind and why we think and how we think. So that's kind of what drew me into psychology when I was in college. Was it reverse psychology when you faked uh, being a liberal? Yeah, I guess you could say so, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We, we have um, a similar story. I was a, a music performance major. Uh, you know, I, I did the performing arts, saxophone, sang, uh, always on stage, and so on. And when you're in that mixture doing plays and musicals and everything else, and it is extremely liberal. Now, we never talked politics. I, I went to college in 1984 and 85. We, we, never, we never talked politics at all. So we never sort of sat down and said, what do you think of Reagan? What do you think of Carter? You know, what we did was we just played our music and sang our music and hung out and got a pizza. Um, years later, once I went and actually syndicated, I heard from a lot of these people who said, what? You're, you're conservative? And I said, yeah, well, if you would have asked me, I would have told you. Now, it was different then. Um, it would not have been as harmful to say that I was conservative values-wise back in the 80s as it would be today. There really is a big difference, isn't there? 100%, yeah. A lot of times I would be having these conversations with some of my closest friends and roommates, and they would say something you know, very left-leaning, and I would just kind of nod along, you know, stay a little silent. It was really hard for me to not express my views, but I honestly just was scared that they would hate me. And it's, it's really sad that that's the culture right now in our country. You, you shake your head, you get along, you say, yeah, racist, right? Absolutely racist. So exactly. <laughs> you just throw that in there or, or, or not woke enough or uh, 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 something a phobe or something a phobic and then you'd grab a slice of pizza. And again, back then, we literally never talked about politics because it just wasn't what was important to us at that point. We we're building who we were as young adults and figuring out what the next step was. Uh, again, from uh, Campus Reform org it is ali simon ali let's get into the story shameful california college republicans protest state gas uh, gas taxes fill me in yeah so actually the uh, co college republicans in california have been protesting the increase in the gas tax in california and we all know california is expensive uh their gas prices are actually over seven dollars now and they just increased the gas tax yet again 5.6 percent wow. and it's really horrible people can't afford to fill up their gas tanks this is affecting families, college students, uh, you know, business owners. Actually, campus reform, we just reported on a gas station in Massachusetts that had to shut its doors and close down right next to UMass Amherst and Amherst College because college students can't afford to pay this uh, all this money for gas. And in North Carolina, Southwestern Community College is now going to a remote format once a week 
because no one can afford to fill up their gas tank and show up to school. It appears to me that Gavin Newsom, who is a horrible governor, is running for president now. It appears that way to me. Could be wrong, but I think he is. And I think there are going to be a bunch of Democrats who line up to run for president because no way Biden's going to do, be the guy again in 2024. Just not, I don't care what he says. He's just not going to be. So I think Newsom is running for president. How tone deaf must you be in a state where you've, you've squandered $12 billion, $13 billion that didn't solve the homeless crisis at all? In fact, it made it worse. You're raising gas taxes when we've got a gas price um, inflation situation that we haven't seen since 1978. How tone deaf is this guy? I mean, okay, good looking guy, nice hair. But other than that, what is there? Yeah, there's nothing. And that just shows how out of out of touch with reality these leftist politicians are, like Gavin Newsom, who wants to do away with uh, vehicles operated by gas by 2035. And not everyone can just afford a Tesla. So, you know, he's very out of touch with reality. I don't know why he thinks he can win presidency when California just had a recall election. Unfortunately, that Larry Elder didn't win. But, you know, people are not happy with Gavin Newsom yeah. or these these uh, liberal politicians who maybe these gas tax increases aren't affecting them, but they're affecting everyone else. It is um, uh, Ali, uh, again, she's from campusreform.org, Ali Simon. Uh, they can follow you, Ali Simon 10 on Instagram? Yes. And then Ali Simon 28 on Twitter? Correct, yes. Why? Why is it 10 and 28? What's, what's it, <laughs> actually, uh, were there well, a bunch of Ali Simons and that was the next number or what? 28 is actually the number of my favorite baseball player, Buster Posey on the San Francisco Giants. Nice. And, well, yeah, what's, what's the 10? 10, uh, 10 was another ba- a basketball player, David Lee from the Warriors. So big Bay Area sports fan here. Nothing wrong with that. You know, we actually had David Lee here in San Antonio for I think a season or two. Is that the same guy, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, I know he was a Nick for a while too. Yeah, he he floated around a bit. I, it might be a different guy. I haven't I haven't watched basketball since uh, LeBron James and everybody started taking an E for China. But right. uh, but good. <laughs> I'm glad that you've got references that that mean something to you. Okay, let's go to the next one. Student uh, student faces up to five years in prison for throwing a rock at Jewish students. Where'd this happen? Yeah, so this was actually at uh, the University of Cincinnati where a student threw rocks at, or no, this is University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, excuse me. A student threw rocks at Jewish students who were outside their Hillel um, just simply for being Jewish. And, you know, this conflict has been going on for a while in Israel, you know, in Palestine, but this is just unacceptable. And we've been seeing a trend of the rise of anti-Semitism across college campuses all over our country. And I am a Jewish student. I mean, I just graduated a couple months ago, but that could have been me standing at, you know, my Hillel at UCSD. And so this is very unfortunate. And it's just a trend that's going on. And leftists all over the country are promoting this BDS movement to boycott, divest and sanction Israel. And, uh, you know, Israel is the only democratic country in the Middle East and one of our close allies. So it's very disappointing to see. It is our best ally in the Middle East by far. Um, when I interview people from Israel, they say, we're the little brother. You guys are the big brother in the United States. There's no reason for this uh, for this anti-Israel hate. But what really jumps out at me, what really bothers me is that constitutionally, you, you, you should be able to wear, you should fly a, a, an Israeli flag. You've got people flying what would be Palestine. There's no Palestine, but if there was one, they, they could fly that flag. People are flying the freaking ISIS flag on college campuses. But if you're openly Jewish in a college campus, you could be victimized. Now, these people were arrested, and they are, they are facing time in prison, right? I mean, there, there's got to be punishment for this. 
Yeah, this student is actually facing up to five years in prison, which I guess can be seen as a positive thing. But we have seen time and time again that people are not being punished for their anti-Semitic uh, anti acts. Actually, Campus Reform reported at Rutgers, the chancellor apologized for condemning anti-Semitism. And we've seen stories from what? my home state in California to New York across the country of uh, pro-Palestine, anti-Israel speakers being funded by the universities. So, you know, this trend has been happening for a while and it seems like it's here to stay. It's a very hostile environment right now for Jewish students across the country. Why do you think American Jews vote Democrat? It doesn't make any sense, does it? it not at all. And I, I question that all the time. Uh, I'm Jewish. My extended family is Jewish and they're all liberal. And I ask them all the time why they vote Democrat after, with the Democratic Party being so anti-Israel. And, you know, it really they don't really have a good answer for me. I think they are in, misinformed and ignorant about the whole situation. But I hope they can just be educated and learn more about it because it's really, you know, hypocritical. Well, what bothers me is that sometimes you'll get this answer. Oh, no, I'm not I'm not against Jewish people. I'm just anti-Israel. <laughs> what? Right. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. It in literally doesn't make any sense, and they think it does. It's some sort of rationalization in their brains that makes them go to bed at night going, yeah, yeah, no, no, I can separate the government of Israel from Jewish people. No, no, you can't. I mean, with that, without Israel existing, the Jewish people wouldn't have a home. And, and, and guess what? That is the promised land. The promised land is not heaven. The promised land is Israel, and people right. need to learn that. It is, uh, um, uh, again, Ali Simon from CampusReform.org. Let's do the next one. Anti-plagiarism policies harm black and Latinx students, uh, according to a professor. And by the way, we've got a, a commander-in-chief who's like the chief plagiarist on the planet in Joe Biden. So maybe plagiarism is, is kind of cool to this professor. What's going on here? Yeah, this is absurd, to be honest. This professor is arguing that anti-plagiarism and academic integrity is oppressive toward minorities, which, quite frankly, is pretty racist in itself to assume that minorities aren't competent enough to uh, uh, adhere to academic integrity policies. Right. You know, one of the examples was the uh, remote, um, you know, video proctoring system. And, you know, for this professor to argue that minorities can't adhere to this and can't, you know, use this this process is very racist and wrong. And so for the left, the, this leftist polit or not polit this leftist professor to argue this is, you know, racist in itself. Well, well th this is exactly what the party does, though. Joe Biden has said, if you can't decide between Trump or me, you ain't black. He has said that black and Hispanic people in the rural areas don't know how to get accountants, don't know how to do their taxes, don't know how to vote, don't know how to get a, a voter ID, a, an actual government-issued ID. Um, and, and now it turns out you have to let people who are other than white plagiarize or else they can't keep up with the white people. You, you know, when you talk to black people and Hispanic people about this, they're angry. Don't don't belittle me. This is the uh, what is the terminology that you use? And I don't know if Ben Shapiro came up with it. Somebody came up with it. It's the uh, the racism of lower expectations. Yeah, the soft bigotry of low expectations. Yeah, I, I've got. I have no uh, a preconceived notion that a black person isn't as smart as I am. None. Right. Yet the left does it every single day, and the majority of black people and Hispanics, although it's changing a bit, are vo are still voting Democrat. You're, you're the psychology major. What do you think of that? It's why? really hard. It's really hard to understand. I wish I could get into these people's minds just to understand why they, they vote for these policies. I mean, from my experience in college, 
you know, if you were white and if you were black, you all like no, not one side got to cheat. You know, yes. white people didn't get extra cheat sheets or to use a calculator and black people didn't. That never happened. So I don't understand how you can argue that it's unfair to have academic integrity in college. And I don't understand why these liberals still are or still vote for these policies because they quite frankly just don't make any logical sense. You and I agree. Ali Simon from campusreform.org. One last one. Student candidate denied position after opening speech with with a Bible verse. I'm sorry, you can't. Free speech, right? You're, you're allowed to, to open with a Bible verse. What's the problem? Right. This is, yeah, First Amendment right to freedom of religion. This student uh, was trying to get a government position at her school and she was denied because she spoke about, she used the Bible quote in her speech. And what's really crazy to me is the state Senate speaker argued that the reason why she couldn't be on the government was because of the heightened concern regarding the interference of religion with government. And because of what happened with Roe v. Wade being overturned recently, which doesn't make any sense considering the fact that there was no religious justification for why Roe v. Wade was overturned. None. So there's there's no really evidence for her ar- to back up her argument here. In fact, uh, along in that session, along with Roe v. Wade and, and Dobbs and, and overturning these, um, you had the one religious situation that said, yes, you can pray, if you're on a, a school grounds, if you can pray in the football field in Washington State, where you had this football coach that was fired for no reason. I mean, this this professor or this person, whoever this board was that den- that denied this person for reading a Bible verse, literally didn't pay attention to what the Supreme Court said. There is no separation of church and state. You're allowed to be Jewish. I'm allowed to be Christian. They're allowed to be Muslim. Whatever, and, and we can we can believe in that even on school grounds, even as part of school government. What? what how, how do they not know that? I mean, Ali, is it, is it your belief, like mine, that they do know it, they just don't like it? You know, I go back and forth. I ask myself that all the time. I'm, I'm honestly not sure if they're aware and they don't like it or if they're just ignorant that they don't even know. But this, you're right, this case that just went to the Supreme Court where the uh, high school football coach, they said he couldn't pray after football games. And then the Supreme Court argued, well, yes, he can, freedom of religion. So it really makes no sense. And this actually happened a couple years ago at Rutgers University with a student being docked on his essay for quoting the Bible. Uh, just because the professor argued that it would offend non-Christians. So, you know, arguing for separation of church and state, it really, there's, it just doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't. All right, Ali Simon, really appreciate you coming on. Editorial intern over at campusreform.org. Go to campusreform.org. Check out more about what she's doing there and also her, her comrades there at that great website. Leadership Institute uh, puts together a great bit of journalism every single day. Ali, good to meet you. Uh, great job today. We'll talk again soon. Thank you so much for having me. All right, have a great day. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. We love when campus reform comes on. It's every Thursday. Let's do some pop culture. But... Yes, that was a sounder from the chat room. What's going on? So, I don't know if you remember this. When, when everything happened in Uvalde, there was uh, an anonymous donor who paid for all the funeral costs. I do remember that, yes. Okay, so it turns out that it was actually Bo Jackson who... Get out of here. Yeah, he donated all that. TMZ has a story saying that he, in fact, was the one who paid for everyone's funeral costs. Like the actual Bo Jackson? Yes, Bo Jackson. Well, that's amazing. Well, good on him. That's a good man that did that. Polo, I appreciate it. Carrie, thanks. 
That's Sam. I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow. Have a great night. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.